This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel. An immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books. Available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The King of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. 
The Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. All right, we've got a lot to get to, including the latest uh, from the headlines, which we will uh, tear apart in this way. We will see what is happening. We will figure out uh, why it is so important, and we'll try to apply how it matters to us in our daily lives. That's all straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, we get started right now. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog is coming out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role as, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, on a Tuesday, we check in with Katie McFarland once again, who uh, has advised multiple presidents on uh, national security and foreign affairs uh, issues. And uh, graciously, she gives of her time to be with us and help us understand them a little bit better each week. KT, I led my Saturday night television show on the Salem News Channel off with um, an interchange between Josh Hawley and Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland Security. And I have to say, of all the stuff that there is there is to be discouraged about and in this um, israel situation it seems like evil is winning often at times but to hear secretary mayorkas actually have to capitulate and say that the homeland department of security department of homeland security has hired and have people employed by them currently i don't think any of them have been terminated that have actively advocated for the uh, removal of israel from the world map uh, that they have actively advocated um, for the establishing of, of, you know, a Palestinian state, basically from the river to the sea, that they have basically, uh, for all we know, have favored uh, Islamic radicals applying for asylum in the country as opposed to maybe other well-deserving people. This was astonishing admission, and I, I don't think it got a lot of uh, play widely. But this is where we are at with the left today in terms of how they think and how they operate when it comes to our national security domestically. And I'm curious if some of the revelations that are being exposed through this kind of anti-Semitic trough that we're at feeding at right now, is any of it surprising to you? No, because the whole point of the left is they, they know they can't win over the American people, so they're going to bludgeon them. So what they do with the Obama administration, for example, there were a lot of people who held those views. It's the whole woke ideology, Israel is the oppressor, um, it was Iran is a good country, and they all burrowed their way. When the Obama administration was over, they burrowed their way into the bureaucracy and have been throwing sand in the gears of the Trump administration. And now that Biden is president, these same people are there and have been promoted and elevated. So I was not at all surprised. I mean, another thing that got absolutely no attention was the chief Iran negotiator, nuclear weapons negotiator for the United States with Iran um, in the Biden and in the Obama administration before. He's been relieved of his security clearances because he passed top-level information, secret information, to the Iranian government. There are a number of people in the Defense Department and other agencies who openly take orders from the foreign minister of Iran. They send emails saying, is this what I should be saying. 
Um, the whole administration and the permanent bureaucracy is riddled with people who don't like America, who think America is the oppressor, that Iran is a good guy, Iran should have nuclear weapons, that Hamas, they're the good guys, that Palestinians are put upon and oppressed, and Israel, like America, is evil and the oppressor. Well, and I hate to, um, on such news, uh, admit that you are correct about something, but your prediction about how this would play out in terms of uh, the president being strong initially and then being forced to kind of begin to walk back policy, we're starting to see him slow walk assistance. We're starting to see him say maybe there needs to be humanitarian pauses um, KT, you're a longtime military family. You served in the Pentagon. Um, this is exactly the wrong reaction that the administration needs to be taking, is it not? Yeah, because well, their whole argument about humanitarian assistance, well, you know, I'd be in favor of it, too, if it actually went to the Palestinian people, but it doesn't. Hamas gets the Palestinian humanitarian assistance for themselves. They steal it. They make sure they receive it first and never hand it out to the people. They use it to build tunnels. They use it to feed their own 40,000 Hamas soldiers. And if they if they can't, if they don't need it, you know, the food, humanitarian assistance, medicine, if they don't need it for themselves, they sell it to get money to then promote their um, their their war against yeah. killing every Jew and against Israel. So when the administration says pause for humanitarian assistance, you can't guarantee that that humanitarian assistance actually goes to the people. In fact, the U.S. Secretary of State last week was grilled by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Can you promise us that this humanitarian assistance you're sending to Gaza, is it actually going into the hands of Hamas, or is it going into the hands of the Palestinian women and children who need it? And he could not guarantee that it was going to the intended people. He could not guarantee that it was going to the the people and women and children and civilians of the Palestinian population. In other words, the United States is giving money to the Palestinian people directly, but it isn't direct. It's going straight direct into the coffers of Hamas. We well, are funding both sides of this war. And on the on that point, I want to I just want to point something out and this is an unpopular perspective that I am beginning to arrive at, but I don't know that there's as much of a distinction between Hamas and the Palestinians living in Gaza as a lot of people would like us to believe that there is. And I, I just submit two pieces of evidence for your perusal and then get your opinion. This last weekend in London, a man who decided to try something experimental made a poster that said Hamas is terrorism and then walked through a Palestinian protest that was going on. Now, he didn't say Palestinians are terrorists. He didn't say Gaza is terrorist. He said Hamas is terrorist. And he was put upon within seconds of entering the fray as being a total traitor and someone who was not faithful to the cause. There's, there's, so the people that are chanting what they're chanting and holding these protests in places, they're, they're not making a distinction between Palestinian civilians and Hamas. But beyond that, KT, I will never not have the images of those bodies of the naked women, of the um, hostages, of the, the ones bleeding through their clothes and other things as they're being dragged into Gaza. People coming out into the streets, cheering, spitting on them, hitting them, even if they were already deceased. There was this there was this in, insane, intense. We are with the guys who did this kind of mentality. I don't know that we need to necessarily be as all 
juxtaposed about, you know, are we distinguishing between the terrorists and the good people? Because I just don't know that there's that much of a difference. And I know it's something that the other side wants to exploit big time. But I'm I'm beginning to think that there's just a lot of Palestinians that just support Hamas from the beginning. No, you know, there are no public opinion polls. And maybe there are Palestinian people who want to get rid of Hamas. There certainly are Arab leaders in other countries that want to get rid of Hamas. Hamas is as much of a threat to them as it is to Israel. But you, you just don't know. And, and the point being, they don't have a chance. So if you want to actually have any hope for the future of the Palestinian people, you've got to eradicate Hamas once and for all. And then maybe once the dust settles, the Palestinian people can govern themselves. But right now, you don't know. And to the point, to your point of what was happening in London, let me tell you what was happening at Harvard Yard. Harvard Yard had a normal-looking college student, a Jewish guy who was just a student, walking with his books across the quad at Harvard Yard. And pro-Palestinian, quote, pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, demonstrators started, they, they surrounded him and they started pushing him around and attacking him. So don't tell me that the pro-Palestinian movement isn't anti-Semitic. It is. Yeah. Well, it's and I I didn't quite comprehend President Obama's comments over the weekend that uh, there are no blood-free sides of this fight. Don't give me that. He's just looking for some apology so he doesn't have to show that he has blood on his hands. Always uh, willing to tell us the truth. Katie McFarland, we're grateful. Honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. 
My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Collette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Well, if we are to develop a world that's going to have less of what we have been talking about so far tonight, uh, less of the uh, undercurrent of evil uh, bearing its fangs in plain sight, we're going to have to uh, get busy about being responsible citizens, and that starts with voting. That's that's the bare minimum, by the way. There's a lot more that we need to be doing besides that. But tomorrow is one of those uh, funky off-year elections where only a handful of states have a number of things on the ballots, and a lot of people may say, well, I don't know if I should go vote or not. Well, in places like uh, New Jersey and, Vir and uh, Virginia, uh, Kentucky and a handful of others. You need to. There's there's big things on the ballot. Joining me now to discuss is Victoria Cobb, president of the Family Foundation of Virginia. Victoria, it's good to have you on the broadcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm reading a lot in the last 48 to 72 hours about why Glenn Youngkin is smiling in a lot of press photos, that there's an anticipation that something may actually be pretty cool uh, bubbling up in Virginia for tomorrow. What would that be? Well, we sure hope so. Here in Virginia, we have a situation where we have all of our legislative seats are on the table. So all of our House, all of our Senate, 
everything is up for grabs. It's the first election post redistricting. And so these are a little bit different districts people will be voting in. And of course, Governor Yunkin has been hitting the ground incredibly hard, going town to town, city to city, saying, look, I want to get my agenda done. And his agenda includes a lot of things that we care about, life and parents' rights and many other things. And he's telling folks, you got to give me a legislature I can work with. So the idea that Virginia would have an all-red legislature, when was the last time that was even a possibility? Yeah, that's exactly right. We have been split over the last two years. And then before that, we were all blue top to bottom from Governor Northam, if we remember uh, Governor Northam, all the way down to our House and Senate. So it has been a number of years since we've been able to move an agenda back to the Governor McDonnell era, which was quite some time. He left office in 2013. So uh, imagine that we would have this ability to make some ground back. And we really do have a lot of ground to make back on issues that matter to families. Well, the thing that got Youngkin elected was that he ignored some of the other um, uh, p- smart political consultants and said, no, I'm going to listen to what the voters are actually telling me when he was campaigning for governor. And he went very hard after parents' rights, uh, making it one of the keystone positions for his uh, basis of, of being governor and said, if you if you elect me, I will see to it that parents have a larger say in what their uh, kids experience in the school situation. How has that gone on G- Governor Youngkin's watch? Well, he's been a man who has kept his promise. He said parents were going to matter, and he has put that central. We had a previous administration that literally passed guidelines into every school board that encouraged them to hide things from parents, such as gender confusion among their kids in schools. We've even just in the last few weeks seen that our governor has had to issue an executive order saying, look, if you've got cases of fentanyl overdoses in your schools, parents should know about that too. So imagine the fact that we are constantly from the top levels of our government having to tell school boards and administrators that parents have to be central in the lives of their children and they have to know what's going on inside a school building. So he's kept his promise and I think voters should reward him for that. And he's asking on the basis of that kept promise to send more people to work with him. Yeah, he needs he's had a house that has been just barely conservative, a little bit more than 50 percent conservative. uh, But he has not had a Senate to work with. And so now he has a chance to pick up both chambers and actually be able to pass some legislation. We tell people all the time he can't sign bills that aren't on his desk. So he's done everything he can in his role as an executive, but he simply has to be able to to change the actual code of Virginia so that these things don't simply disappear when we get a new governor. And there are a lot of laws, pro-life and parental rights, that need to be restored to what they were years ago before we had liberal control from top to bottom and people started wanting to, uh, you know, increase abortion and hide things from parents. To what degree does the federal... Um position of the parties weigh on the uh, candidates and the races in your state. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of much of the economic drag, national security drag, immigration drag that's all on the Democratic uh, load of burden right now. Uh, they have certainly uh, created some very miserable situations in states coast to coast. Is that reflected in the state Senate races in um, in Virginia? Well, Virginia is always going to be, has been for quite some time, very narrowly divided. But we do think the fact that our president is not super popular in polls, the fact that the economic situation is not strong, that there is this international trouble and not necessarily folks feeling like, you know, that's going well from America's perspective. We do think those things are going to help conservatives. Uh, We also believe Governor Yunkin's favorability numbers. He has very strong 
uh, polling with the people of Virginia. And so we do think those kinds of things are going to have an impact. If you look at the generic ballot right now, it's about 50-50 Republican Democrat. So that's that's kind of the situation of the people of Virginia. We are very, very divided. This is going to this election is going to come down to just a few, I would suspect a few hundred votes in a few key locations across Virginia. So it's going to be a nail biter, even with the state of our country as it is and people being discouraged about our, our president's actions. And even with the popularity of our governor, it's going to be a really challenging thing to capture the legislature for conservatives. Well, that's that's the thing that I want to emphasize. And that is that if you are in Virginia or New Jersey or Kentucky or the other states that have elections tomorrow, the likelihood that your vote counts more than it does in a presidential year is fairly significant because there's going to be fewer participants uh, on average on an, in an off-year election there, than there will be in a presidential or congressional election. So um, what, what is the strategy, Victoria Cobb, of the uh, Family Foundation to get the vote out? What are you doing tomorrow to make sure that people that want to weigh in and decide these issues for the family side of the uh, scenario are, are getting to the polls? Yeah, well, we've knocked uh, about 40 to 50,000 doors. We've sent about 400,000 texts directly to the voters, reminding them. And this is basically hitting voters who, as you mentioned, are used to voting maybe in the presidential election. Maybe they vote when there's a governor, but they may be less likely to vote when it's just a House race or Senate race. Or uh, we have a lot of school boards up for grabs, so we hope they're paying attention to those as well, since those have been such hot topics. So our goal is get directly to the voter, remind them of what's on the line. We can't make advances for the unborn. We can't secure parental rights if we don't have a legislature that can work alongside this governor. And so we've just been urging people and we've been urging them to early vote. They've been turning in their ballots. We have good early vote and absentee voting numbers coming in. So we hope that those then continue to be strong when we get to election day. Typically, conservatives do very well on election day. But in Virginia, we've been beaten the last couple of years on certain races because really there's been a better job done by the liberals on that early voting piece, on that absentee ballot piece. And so we've been pushing that. And the governor's been pushing that. How do your numbers compare? How do your numbers compare for early voting this go around as, say, four years ago? Yeah, it's very exciting to see conservatives are up over even two years ago uh, last year. So our early voting laws changed just a few years ago. So we're still, I would say, relatively new into early voting data, but they're very strong. Democrat numbers are actually either the same as last year or worse, and Republican numbers tend to be stronger. So that's critical. And we're really watching the key districts. I mean, there's about three Senate races that are really going to make or break this. There's about five to eight house races that are going to be where this whole thing comes down. So that's, we're really watching the numbers in those districts and they do look strong for conservatives. Speaking of watching things, I know that in the uh, gubernatorial race that Mr. Youngkin was successful in, uh, there were some similar hijinks that tried to be pulled late in the evening, similar to the uh, federal elections of 2020, 2020. This was in 2021, I guess, when he uh, won uh, the governor's race. Uh, Do you have poll watchers? Do you have lawyers ready to go, ready to stop the nonsense the minute that somebody tries to start it? We do think there have been tremendous improvements made on election integrity. We do have poll watchers. We do have lawyers ready to go. I do believe that what can be done has been done. Victoria Cobb, president of the Family Foundation of Virginia. Thanks for being with us. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel. An immersive experience with more than 300 photos, 
including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books. Available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Lots of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in a cafeteria for three hours. And then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours. Because you know, for an 80-year-old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code. KMC. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans Siberian Orchestra live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans Siberian Orchestra live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. 
you truly believe that this child is the chosen one? What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. Welcome back. Kevin McCullough on uh, Kevin McCullough Radio. So thankful to have you. By the way, have you tried my new website, thatkevinshow.com, thatkevinshow.com. Every hour of radio that we make, every uh, episode of television that we produce, every column I write, Everything that we make through the week is now found in one place, thatkevinshow.com, thatkevinshow.com. You can free a slave through that uh, portal. You can uh, get your balance of nature. You can uh, um, find so many things there that are helpful, and I hope that you will, including all of my social media. You can subscribe. Uh, you can follow me. You can you can do all of it there at thatkevinshow.com, thatkevinshow.com, everything for Kevin McCullough. All right. Uh, we've got a lot to uh, still get to in the uh, remainder of today's show. You know, KT McFarland was just talking to us a bit ago about um, how the um, g- people of Gaza are, you know, it's hard to know which ones are innocent and which ones are really Hamas lovers. And they're all getting recruited, even boys being dragged out of their homes the last few days to be forced to go fight for um, uh, Hamas in the war with Israel. But here's the thing. Um, not all of the people of Hamas have, have it so bad. Um, from the Daily Mail today, Conditions in the Gaza Strip have long been dire, with the territory referred to by some as the world's largest open-air prison. Even before the outbreak of war in the wake of Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel, half of Palestinians living in Gaza depended on food supplied by the United Nations. Those conditions have deteriorated over the last month as Israel continues its bombardment of the 140-square-mile strip in its mission to destroy the Hamas terror group. But as the territory's 2.3 million people have suffered, several hundred millionaires are registered in the coastal strip. And while the majority of citizens in the densely populated territory, which is a quarter of the size of Greater London, languish in poverty, a select few live in marble-floored mansions and luxury hotels. Three of Hamas's most senior leaders, Musa Abu Marzouk, Khalid Marshal, and Ismail Haniya have a net worth of more than $3 billion each. The embassy also claims that Hamas's annual turnover is $1 billion and suggests that the group is second only to ISIS as the world's richest terror group. Okay, so what do you make of that? A different source called Essa News says their exorbitant lifestyle is flaunted on social media, showcasing their expensive cars, nights in luxury hotels, the misappropriation, the assistance of funds intended for humanitarian aid and reconstruction of the devastated nation, while some of the money goes towards buying weapons and building underground tunnels. A huge chunk is just simply pocketed. 
In other words, unlike the messy and democratic leadership that Israel struggles with, often to put a government together, in Gaza, there is no messiness. The leaders at the top of the terror rank are getting insanely wealthy at the expense of their counterparts. You have three billionaires in a strip of land that is smaller than the size of Manhattan. You have three billionaires that live in that area and the entire region is in utter wasteland poverty. That's insane. It's unjust. It is incredibly inhumane. But then again, that's what Hamas is best known for, being cruel to its own people, to the people of their enemies, to the people that even their fellow Arabs don't like. Hamas is a dirty, dirty group of people wholly given over to evil. How else do you describe what they are when they turned babies into charcoal? I know, I saw the pictures. It's disgusting. And that's why this group has to be gotten rid of. And that's why you're not seeing a lot of aid coming to their side from their fellow Sunnis. Saudi Arabia doesn't want anything to do with them. Lebanon doesn't want them. Jordan doesn't want them. They're bad people. And they're getting rich and wealthy in the evil that they're doing. That's the really sick part. All right, Kevin McCullough, um, much more straight ahead. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. 
Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids, uh, and she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk, so the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, as she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, she would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. Um, you may know, you may not know this about me, but uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Mike Gallagher, Eric Metaxas, and a handful of others have over the years highlighted my political maps uh, in the electoral cycles. They've been pretty good until you got to, to uh, until you got to 2020. And when all the funny voting stuff happened in all the states, I, my map was terrible and it was quite wrong. But I'm still sought out somewhat regularly for my kind of uh, intuitive, instinctive kind of hunches about what's going to happen in elections. And I'm really interested in seeing, by the way, what's going to happen tomorrow night in the off-year elections in the states where there's not a lot on the ballot. I want to see the fervor of a few different demographics like uh, moms of uh, school-age kids. If you see a big turnout uh, tomorrow night in those states, uh, in that demographic, presidential candidates need to take a look at uh, what they're messaging, because that means that there are some things that they are not currently talking about that they probably need to talk about a lot more. More on that some other time. But I thought it might be fun to give you an idea of what I think the five that are participating in what I'm calling the also-ran debate uh, on Wednesday night, uh, what they need to do to kind of punch through. 
Uh, because I don't think, in all honesty, and this is just Kevin McCullough's opinion, not the official editorial position of SNC tonight or Salem Communications in any way, but Kevin McCullough believes that Donald Trump's going to be the nominee, and he's going to be the nominee by a wide swath, and that by actually the third uh, primary state, it's going to be over. He's going to win huge in Iowa, the one place where some of the candidates are putting all their money and eggs in the basket. He's going to win in New Hampshire because he's spent a lot of time there and he's connected with people there and he's going to clean the, he's going to wipe the floor in South Carolina. It's not even going to be close. Whoever wins the South Carolina GOP primary has usually gone on to be the nominee for the party, especially in years where a Republican has become president. So there's just some interesting little trends that I'm watching as we go into what's going to happen. But what difference does that make on this debate night coming up on Wednesday? Well, let's take a look. Let's start with uh, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Now, what does he have to do? Well, he's played the Mr. Nice Guy game all the way through the primary season, and I think to his benefit. He has been a positive voice talking about what a young black man in America can accomplish when he takes, in, takes on and adopts the ideas of individual responsibility and risk and reward and fighting for what's good and battling against what's evil. Anybody, by the way, that uh, adopts that mentality has a chance of doing great things in America because we're a society that's built on having that potential uh, work for any of us. But he has to make a bigger statement in some way because he just hasn't punched through. So does he go negative with Vivek? Does he go negative with Ron DeSantis? Does he get a little grouchy with his fellow South Carolinians still on the stage? By the way, the reason that Trump's going to win so big in South Carolina is because there's no way you can have two native South Carolinians uh, win it uh, by any majority at all. They're going to be evenly split between whoever is supporting the non-Trump uh, category, which is going to be a very small portion of the party anyway. But that's what Tim Scott has to do. Let's move to Mr. Ramaswamy. Now, when he started out on the campaign trail, he had a lot of bold ideas. In fact, through the first debate, he sounded a lot like Donald Trump, and he did some very, very smart PR things. He went and, and challenged uh, everybody else to take the, the test of whether or not they would pardon Trump if he's found guilty in any of his trials or if they would uh, work very hard to clear his good name. Uh, the others didn't want to do it, particularly Pence and Chris Crispie from uh, New Jersey. But I'm sorry, Chris Christie. Uh, but they they wanted to make sure that uh, that but but Vivek wanted to make sure that people knew that he was independent, not wholly owned. He's had some stumbles in the last couple of debates, but he's still very independently minded. He's still extremely successful, and he's still probably the quickest mind and mouth on the stage. It annoys some. It's impressed others. What does he have to do? Probably more of the same. But I would say that what he has to do is when he has the moment to make the statement, he's got to land the punch. Too many of his uh, barbs in the last debate, in the second debate, just kind of missed the mark. They were just glancing blows. What he has to do is land really profound truth, and he has to lay it on very, very heavy uh, to the point that he's making. Let's move to uh, Nikki Haley. Now, no one's done more good for themselves through the debates than Nikki Haley. Her, her standing has continued to rise every time she's appeared in one of these. In fact, she's moved into, depending on which poll you look at, second or third on the list of the also-rans. But what does she have to do? She can't really be anything other than what she's been, but has she hit the top of what she can do being that in these current scenarios? Sad to say, some of that's dependent on what her competition does. If Vivek Ramaswamy creates a stumble, she needs to pounce on it. If Ron DeSantis looks a little too timid, she needs to call him out on it. 
But she runs the risk in doing so of sadly living up to stereotypes that people in media will then uh, harp on her about for weeks to come. So what does she do? She needs to be the knowledgeable person that she is, and she again needs to land solid truth after solid truth on foreign policy. Now look for Nikki Haley to have a big night on the entire issue of what's going on in the Middle East, because no one on that stage probably has done more by way of personal investment of their time in dealing with the issue of Islam and Israel and America than Nikki Haley. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, signs of the times actually provide for her by way of opportunities. Um, Ron DeSantis, what does he have to do? I don't know. I think Governor DeSantis is a really good governor of Florida. And I think even most Floridians think he's doing a really good job being their governor and they don't want him to be their president. This may be the last night that DeSantis uh, is in a debate with the rest of them. Uh, if he doesn't break through in Iowa, he's done. And the question will be, can he recover to run again at some later date. Everybody has a short memory in politics. My guess is they probably can. But he needs to have a knowledgeable, memorable, and most importantly, endearing night with the audience. He comes across as very competent in everything that he does. When he's directing policy in Florida, he's powerful. But when he's on the stage and the lights are on him, he looks like a deer in, in the frozen in headlights at times. And that has not worked well for him. We'll see where it goes on Wednesday. And finally, there's the governor of the state that I reside in, Chris Christie, the man who has no business being on stage, the man who hasn't put forward one positive policy about what he would do for America in any one of its two dozen different crises that we're facing right now. What's his purpose in being there? To be the barge-like bloviator uh, to down-talk Donald Trump. He'll do that more, and he'll be put in his place for it because Chris Christie has no political future. And any show that entertains him as an interview should be embarrassed that they are doing so. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. Kevin McCullough, my final thought straight ahead. Don't go away. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. 
The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio all right kids kevin mccullough glad to have you with us i know you're not kids but sometimes i just can't get over my my dad complex i just feel like a dad all day um all right so listen i i, I know i just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago but i really want you to check out the new website that kevinshow.com that kevinshow.com everything related to kevin mccullough um uh, radio archives, TV archives, uh, because if you're not getting the, the current uh, That Kevin Show on the weekends, it, there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of fun. I want you to get all of it. Uh, every column that I write for townhall.com on Sundays, every radio broadcast that we do, uh, every uh, television episode, everything, every social media account that I have, um, all of the sponsors that I'm so grateful for, they are all found in one place. Uh, at thatkevinshow.com. Please go. Please join all my social media. Please uh, enjoy the website. Tell others about it. Forward links from it. Uh, it's always helpful for you to help me get the word out. Um, I also want to say when you're on there at thatkevinshow.com, uh, you will see uh, on the sidebar um, uh, a box that you can click that will take you through to our CSI slave liberation effort. Uh, I am so grateful, friends, for the fact that we are now, I believe, it's something in the neighborhood of 35 slaves away from hitting our goal of 192 lives freed this year. Um, but I don't want to leave any of those behind. And as we approach the holidays, you're going to be thinking about how can I do something extra generous for Christmas? How can I teach my children the gift of generosity? Might I suggest that liberating a slave with Christian Solidarity International would be a wonderful thing to do. Who are these slaves? These were women and children that were taken in the Sudan Civil War. What was the Sudan Civil War about? It was basically the same conflict as Hamas and Israel. The Arabs of the North came into the Christian South, took women and children hostage, took them back to the North, made them their slaves, have enslaved them some for almost 20 years. Uh, the Civil War ended, but the greater world didn't do anything to liberate the slaves. 
Uh, they just left them there. At one point, there were 185,000 of them in the north of Sudan. Now, because of CSI's efforts and because the efforts of people like you, uh, that number is beneath 30,000 now. But here's the thing. Just, just people that listen to my show over the last four years, we've liberated nearly 4,000 uh, last 10 years. We've liberated nearly 4,000 slaves, just us. Here's how simple it is. Uh, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. When you call that number, you give a gift of $250, either one time or two times at 125 or five times at 50 or 10 times 25, but you give the gift of $250, you liberate a life uh, that goes free uh, that day. Uh, we are constantly liberating slaves from the North. And what that gift really provides is their bag of hope. It's their food, it's their seed, it's their utensils, it's their tarp, it's the things that will keep them safe from the weather. It's the kid goat that will help them create a micro enterprise for their family. And all of this happens for the one price of $250. Uh, my family and I liberate a slave each month. Uh, and I would welcome those of you that could to take that challenge, uh, goat for uh, slave for slave. Uh, try it, $250 a month. But if you can't do that, would you do a one-time gift of $250? 888-342-1010, You can also give online at thatkevinshow.com. Click the CSI banner, thatkevinshow.com.